Our Psalter reading this morning is Psalm 1 and can be found on page 448 in the Bibles we provide and on page 92 of the Children's Bibles. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. Our Old Testament reading is from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 19, verses 10 through 14, and can be found on page 707 in the Bibles we provide, or on page 136 of the children's Bibles. Your mother was like a vine in a vineyard, planted by the water, fruitful and full of branches, by reason of abundant water. Its strong stems became rulers' scepters. It towered aloft among the thick boughs. It was seen in its height with the, masses, with the mass of its branches. But the vine was plucked up in fury, cast down to the ground. The east wind dried up its fruit. They were stripped off and withered. As for its strong stem, fire consumed it. Now it is planted in the wilderness, in a dry and thirsty land. And fire has gone out from the stem of its shoots, has consumed its fruit, so that there remains in it no strong stem." no scepter for ruling. This is a lamentation as, and has become a lamentation. This is the word of the Lord. Sermon text this morning comes from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. It can be found on page 901 in the Bibles we provide and page 254 in the children's Bibles. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so prove to be my disciples. As the Father's love means, so I have loved you, so abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is the gospel of Christ. Thanks be to God. This is our second week in Advent. We've lit two candles. That's a good helpful hint. Um, And as we go through the season of Advent, we remember what this season is all about. It's an eager expectation that we find ourselves waiting on Christ to come. We celebrate his first coming as he came as a baby, as he came and he incarnated for us, lived the life that we couldn't live, died the death that we had to die. For our sin, but we also long for what is to come, that Christ will return. 
He will come back and he will bring his people with him. That is what we sit eagerly awaiting for that day to come. And as we celebrate this Advent, we've decided to look at the names of Jesus and how those names of Jesus bring about the very words that are on the candles that we celebrate. That we talked about last week that he is the lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the earth. And because of that, we are to behold him. We're not to miss him. And that gives us hope. Today, we're gonna look at Jesus as the true vine, the true vine, and how that brings us joy and what we are called to do, and that is to abide. Now, last week, our kids did a really great job. I was really proud of you. For those of y'all that counted all the different times that I said lamb, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna up the game a little, okay? We're gonna challenge you a little bit more this morning, all right? So kids, listen up to me here. After the congregational meeting, you come back down here, I'll give you a treat. And by the way, this treat thing is not gonna last forever. If you're thinking this treat, it's, it's Advent, it's a special season, so that's why you're getting stuff. After that, no more, we're cutting you off, maybe occasionally. I want you to answer, these are the three questions. You have to answer one of them, I'm gonna ask you one. I need you to find out who is the vine, who is the gardener or the vine dresser, and who are the branches? Those are the three things I need you to listen for. I'm gonna ask you one of those questions. You come down here, you get a treat. Adults, of course, if you wanna come down and get a treat as well, I brought plenty this time. So many. But for us, we're gonna look at the exact same thing. We have this beautiful picture that Christ gave to his disciples for them to understand. So we too need to know who's the vine? Who are the branches? Who's the gardener and what impact that makes on us. To understand, we have to always look at the context of what's going on. This is Jesus in the upper room with his disciples in what's called the farewell discourse. He's enjoying Passover with them together. He's eaten the last supper. Jesus has gotten down. He's washed his disciples' feet. And now these are the last bits of information he's passing along. These are his last words to his disciples. So every one of them chock full of something they need to know, they need to hear before he leaves. For most of us, we don't get the opportunity to give the last words. We don't know when our last words might be. But Christ knew, so he was very intentional with what he was saying. The first thing he had said to them was he said, you know what? I'm gonna give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Then he says, you know what? Also, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. You need to know there is no other way besides me. I'm all there is. Then he says, I'm not gonna leave you alone. Even in the midst of that, I'm gonna give you and promise you the Holy Spirit. But for you to really grasp and really understand what this relationship with me is supposed to look like, I wanna give you a picture. I wanna give you a picture that you're very familiar with. So he brings this picture of the vine and the branches. And in Old Testament times, Israel totally understood this. This was an important part of who they were, an important part of their economy. Even there was a golden vine above the holy place in the temple. They considered themselves a vine. They talked about being the vine all the time. So when they hear this picture of vine, branches, fruit, they get it. They understand the deep connections. But for those of us that are none of those people, none of us that run a vineyard, we need to truly dig deep to understand what God's trying to say to you and to me about what our relationship with him should look like. So we're gonna look at the vine. The first thing, the vine. Jesus says, I'm the true 
vine. Intentional. Every word that Christ utters is intentional. Because again, in the Old Testament, Israel thought they were the vine. They refer to themselves as the vine. And in that way, they thought pridefully, we're the people who bring life to the world. We're the ones through whom salvation comes. We're the chosen, blessed ones to help out everybody else. And in order for them to be saved, for them to gain life, they have to be connected to us. Which is why we see so often in the, Old, in the New Testament how there are this expectation that need to be circumcised, need to be part of the Jewish community. That was their mindset. We've got the one way and it's through us. But oftentimes, the funny thing about it, which they don't realize, God also calls Israel the vine. They also call him the vineyard. And we read that passage from Isaiah, which sounds very, or Ezekiel, which may sound very weird and confusing. It's basically because every time that God talks about Israel as a vine or vineyard, he's pronouncing judgment on them. They think, oh, we're the vine. He's like, you're the vine, but because of judgment. In Isaiah 5, he gives this picture of the fact that he brought the vine up out of Egypt. He planted them, nurtured them, took care of them in the promised land. And he had an expectation of good fruit. But instead, what he got was rotten fruit. He expected justice, but he got wickedness. He expected righteousness, and he got sin. That he had done all that he could to care for this vine, and this vine produced nothing but bad and it's cast away, sent off into exile. So this picture of the vine, Jesus comes and says, no, 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 you're not the vine. I'm the true, perfect vine. I'm the one who gives you life. I'm the only way for you to get true life. And he puts that up against all the other things in this world that tries to say to you and to me, I can give you life. If you just buy this car or this phone or this house or this boat, you will have life. If you just succeed this far, if you just get this title or this job, you will have life. If you just have this relationship with this guy or this girl or this marriage or these kids or this success on the athletic field, then you will have life. Christ makes it clear, there is no other life apart from me. He is the true vine and only that which is connected to him gives life. So how is it working for you to go after all the other things of the world that are promising you life this morning? That you've given yourself to and you've believed over and over again the lie that they'll satisfy. Because in the end, we will be left out in the cold. Christ alone, as the true vine, gives life to those who are connected. But beyond the vine, there's also the vine dresser. Again, a word we don't use in our contemporary society. So we're going to use the word gardener. It makes a little bit more sense for us. Because some of you in this room probably garden. You probably have roses or you have other bushes. Um, I, people have a green thumb. I have a black thumb. I can kill anything. You, you give me a plant, I'll kill it. I won't even mean to. I'm just good at it. But this idea that there's a gardener and he has a very important job and the gardener's God, the father. And his job is to take care of the vine and the branches. His job is to make sure the branches bear much fruit. 
So that's what he's working towards all the time. All that he's thinking and doing is to look deeply at the branches so they can bear fruit. And he does that by doing two things. He purges and he prunes. He purges. He cuts off all dead branches. And if those of you, again, that have some kind of gardening expertise, I have been told that when you've got a dead limb or a dead root or a dead branch, you've got to cut it off. Because what it can bring is disease, it can bring insects, and it can take away this life to all the other living things and take it there instead. So you cut off those bad things. And it says that any vine that doesn't bear fruit, any branch that does not bear fruit, he cuts off. He takes it, he throws it away, he throws it into the fire. That there is this expectation of fruit for God's people. If we are connected to Christ, if we're connected to the vine, this expectation of fruit remains. Eight times in this chapter, the word fruit is used. That that's what we're supposed to do, is to be more fruitful every single day. There's this progression, even in these few verses, from no fruit to fruit to more fruit to most fruit that there's this idea for you and for I that we're supposed to continue to grow and become more fruitful every day because of our connection. And we have a vine dresser. We've got a gardener who's making sure of that. But not only does he cut off the bad things, but it says that he prunes even that which is already bearing fruit so that it become more fruitful. And these are the hard places These are the things that we don't like to think about or don't like to talk about, that we have a heavenly father who refuses to leave you in good when he can take you to best. He refuses to settle for good when you can have best. And there are those places in your life and my life where we have felt the pain of the pruning shears, where he has cut off good things, good people, good opportunities, so that those things don't become idols from which we might worship them instead of worship God. That he cuts off those places that bear fruit even so that they might bear more fruit, so we can be the most fruitful. And that sounds like a very hard and very harsh truth until we realize that it is done with loving and tender care. Think about the picture of a gardener around the vine. You don't do that from afar. You don't throw a hatchet from 20 yards away and hope you cut off what you want. You get down in the midst. You get close. You're investigating and looking at every part, and there is nothing that's to waste. Every move, every decision is purposeful and loving. That Calvin says that God is closest to his people when he's pruning them. That's the closest place where he is with us when he's having to cut off those places in our life that he knows will kill us, but at the time we would never fully get or understand. That he is taking tender but care for you and for me, and his eye is on us as he makes us more fruitful to prune us. And this word for prune is, is also clean, to purify. And we see it over and over again that Jesus says, already you've been made clean. What he means is already you've been pruned. 
but I'll continue to prune you more. Already I've made you clean, but there is more clean for you to be. And God the Father prunes us by his word and by his spirit, that it shines light into dark places that when he goes into prune, he prunes off those parts of us as branches that try to hide, that try to go into the dark, that try to get twisted up and around. He cuts those off so those places in our lives that go towards the light, that go out to be near him, will grow and flourish in great abundance. He prunes you and I that we might bear much fruit for his glory. So if the vine is Jesus, the gardener is God the Father, the branches are us. The branches are you and I. The branches are us as God's people through which we're called to bear fruit. We've talked through our purpose, our job, as it were, is to bear fruit, to bear much fruit for him that we're to have something that lasts in what we do with our lives. And what's so interesting about it, think about this for a second. Do the branches ever get to enjoy the fruit? Branches don't eat fruit. Branches produce fruit for others. You and I, as we are connected to Christ, as we continue to make much of him, it is not always for our good, but it's for the good of those around us in the waiting and watching world looking for more of him that we have the opportunity to show that to them each and every day. And how important it is for us to do that, to be connected to him. And this idea of being fruitful, he gives us one command. He says, abide. 11 times in this chapter, the word abide, which tells me I'm not always the smartest guy in the world, but if Jesus wants to use that word 11 times, we might want to figure that one out. That might be important for you and me to pick up. And abiding is not this understanding. It's not this knowledge. It's not this, you know, I get who he is, so I'm going to remain connected to this knowledge. It is a consistent and constant connection with Christ. This abiding is remaining in him. It's being engrafted into him. It's bearing fruit because we're connected and understanding him. That abiding is not this big active work where you have to keep trying harder and keep running faster, but that we remain connected to him. And that sounds so easy and at times can be so difficult. That we are called to remain connected to him when everything else in the world's going crazy. And we do that by abiding in his word. He says, abide in my word. What that means is that we stay connected to his word, that we know it, that we read it, that we understand what it has to say to us. It becomes our lifeline to understand this world and to understand Christ better. But part of abiding in his word and staying connected to his word is obedience. Just remain in my life. Obey. Abide in my word, do what it says as I have abided in my Father's love in the same way, abide in my word. Stay connected to it deeply that each and every day we need to spend time in communion and union with him through his word. But also it says abide in his love. 
Notice it doesn't say continue loving me. That's what we'd almost expect. Christ, well, just continue loving me and everything's gonna be fine. He says, no, no, no. Continue in my love. We have to abide in this remembrance of who he is and what he's done in his love for us. That no matter what goes on in the world, that we have this understanding of who he is and his heart for you and I. There was this YouTube video that went around a few years ago. It's, I almost showed it, but I didn't. So really funny. It's this dad and his four-year-old daughter. They're Canadian. They speak French. It's part of the reason I didn't show it because I don't know what they're saying. That could be tricky. And he's a stunt pilot. And this is her first time flying in an airplane. And there's this video just on her. And he takes off and she's just like, whatever, it's no big deal, I mean, come on. He starts doing barrel rolls and flip. I mean, stuff that would make me throw up for sure. But like crazy things are going on. And she is rolling laughing uncontrollably. Like she can't stop, like she just, it is a constant like two and a half minutes of straight laughter from this little girl. How in the midst of everything going on around her could she have joy? Because she was remaining and trusting in the love of her father who was flying the plane. Her whole world is going literally upside down, topsy-turvy in every direction known to man. She's not worried. She's not concerned. She's not thinking about safety. She's like, I'm in the presence of my father so I can take great joy. That is a picture of abiding in his love that no matter what's going on around you and I, no matter how much our world goes crazy, that we rest and that we trust in God's love for you and for me his provision for you and for me, his sacrifice for you and for me. But also we don't just abide in his word. We don't just abide in his love. We abide with each other. Notice he doesn't say you're the branch. He's not talking to one person and saying, you're the only branch, it's it. He said, you are the branches. Which means that we being connected to the vine means we're connected to each other. It's an important part of what we're called to do is to be together in fellowship and to enjoy each other and to trust each other and to love each other and to encourage each other to bear more fruit. You are the branches. Each and every one of us has a part to play to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. So we need to be committed to places like this where we know him where we love him and where we celebrate him for who he is. That's what you and I are called to be and called to do as branches. And we can't do this on our own. We live in a society, in Western society, that thinks we can just do it on our own. We can just go do our own thing. We don't need to be connected to other people. We don't need to be connected to Jesus. I got, I got the gospel. I understood it. Now I can go do my own thing. What happens to branches that are disconnected? They wither and they die. They wither and die. If they are not connected to the vine, the only thing that brings you and I life, they're useless. 
They're not strong enough to build with. They're not strong enough to hold anything. The only thing they're good for is to be burned. And for you and I, as we look at our lives, what it tells us is that every branch that is truly connected to the vine bears fruit. How are the places in your life where you're bearing fruit for the kingdom of God? Where are the places that you're growing? We know from Ephesians 5, the fruits of the Spirit. Where do you see in your life being more loving and joyful, peaceful, patient, kind? You see more goodness, more grace, more self-control. Where do you see those places in your life? And are they growing each and every day? If others looked in on your life, what fruit do they see? How does that point to Christ? And at the end of this whole picture, that Christ promises to abide with us too. It's not us holding on for dear life, hoping for the best, that he promises to hold on to us too. Many years ago, I was on a um, rafting trip in the Okoe. If you've ever done that before, highly encourage you to do it. It's really fun, really great. Um, I was with students, which always makes me a little bit nervous because, you know, they sign waivers, but I'm still responsible. So we're at this biggest part, like one of the biggest rapids in the Okoe, and the guide tells us something that he had not told us to do yet. He said, stop paddling. Now, we've been paddling since day, since second one through this whole thing. He says, stop paddling, put your paddles in the boat. So we're about to hit the biggest rapid that we're going to hit. And this is the worst time possible to fall out of the boat. This is when you could get very hurt if you fall out of the boat. A, don't ever tell that to students. But B, you know, he, there was just not, they don't get scared. They think that's fun and exciting. He said, here's what I need you to do. Everyone has one job. One job. Grab the person in front of you and hold on. That's it. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to lean. You don't have to just hold on to the person in front of you. So here we are. He's like, okay, now do it. So I've grabbed this little, I mean, we're talking 75, 80 pound kid. This is not going to go well. We hit this rapid and he's going, like he's going. And so if he goes, I go, I'm going, I'm going with him. And as he starts to fall over and I think I'm falling over, I realize I'm not going anywhere. It's like, what's, I don't understand. How is this possible? Like I've got him. And in the midst of that moment, I realized that God had a hold of me. He had a hold, he knew exactly where it was gonna happen. He knew where the role was gonna take place. He knew which side of the boat. So he was the only one not holding anybody until that moment. And he's the one that's got a hold of me. You and I are called to abide called to stay connected to Christ, to stay to rest and trust in him because he promises that he's got a hold of us. He is the one who promises to abide with us. Now, all this goes to say it should bring us joy. Why should we have joy? Why does he say in the end of this, I say this that you might have joy and your joy might be complete. Because you and I, in our worst moments, we're trying to produce fruit all the time on our own accord and in our own strength. Have you ever seen an apple tree just squeezing really hard, hoping some apples come out? You ever seen a vine just, just struggling for grapes? No. They just rest in who they are and the fruit will come. 
You and I don't have to try to white knuckle this Christian life all the time. I don't have to try harder, run faster. I don't need to figure all these things out. What we need to do is simply to abide and rest and trust and be consistently and constantly connected to Christ. And out of the overflow of that, that's when our fruit comes. And when we realize the pressure is off, thanks to the gospel of Christ, what it should bring us is great joy. That he has us and he abides with us and he works in us and through us that we might have fruit that lasts for the world.